You're listening to the Girls in Work podcast, the show that brings you interviews and advice for career women everywhere. This is Girls in Work. Find us at girlsinwork.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Girls in Work podcast. We're hoping this intro is going to be a bit more calmer than last week's antics. I mean, it can't get any worse, let's be honest. (laughs) Hopefully a lot less swearing and a lot less manic. (laughs) That was safe, don't swear. (laughs) Okay, got it. (laughs) But yeah, here we are again, another week. Lots going on. I mean, it's currently snowing where I am. What's it like up north, Safe? I'm really jealous. It is not snowing at all. It is, is cold it today, but it's... We, we very rarely get snow, so I'm based in Liverpool, and because we are, like, kind of on the docks, we don't get snow at all, and it makes me sad. Just cold and constant wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the amount of voice notes that I get from Soph when she's just walking to get her coffee in the morning, and I'm literally like, I cannot hear this at all. <laughs> all I can hear is the wind. Yeah, the whole city is just a wind tunnel. You just... That's why I never do my hair because there's no point. I just get windswept the second I step outside of my class. You can tell it's been a slow week when we're sat here talking about the weather. I mean, (laughs) typical British style we are talking about. Don't get much better than this. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Well, we were talking before we started recording this episode about what topics we could cover in this intro, but we just ended up laughing because we've basically done nothing this week, which is why we've resorted to talking about the snow and the weather. (laughs) Oh, good God. Although we did have an exciting podcast recording this week, didn't we, Soph? We did. We did. So we spoke to a girl who is based in Texas, which was exciting. And uh, we were laughing because we've now become absolute pros in working out the time difference between us and the US. <laughs> but yeah, so that was really nice. It was also really depressing, talking of the weather, because we were we recorded it in the evening, so it was lunchtime over there. And uh, we were sat in like pitch black darkness outside and our wonderful guest was basking in the glorious Texan sunshine. So that was so lovely. And then we ended the episode and she was off to go enjoy her lunch and the rest of the afternoon and me and Sophie were like, okay, time for bed. <laughs> Should we go to bed? <laughs> oh goodness. No, we love it. We were just saying, weren't we, that we oh. probably get, uh, we get so much out of these podcast recordings. Mm. We've, we've been learning a lot. So hopefully it's been useful for everybody else as well. Yeah, we've been very lucky to just talk to so many different people. Um, but yeah, it's funny. We're just like, yep, yeah, we're getting so much out of this. <laughs> Anyway, we should probably try and keep these intros short and sweet, but we're just terrible at doing that, aren't we? (laughs) But moving on to this week's episode. So we spoke to Sophie, who is a leadership coach, and she previously worked within the marketing team for some key consumer brands. Um, And we discussed everything from the positives of having a mentor and how this can support you with your career progression and also your personal development too. And we also discuss networking, a word that makes some of us want to run in the complete opposite direction. (laughs) But we promise you, you won't feel that way after listening to this episode. So we talk about how we can start to reframe those negative thoughts around networking and see networking in a new light and in a way that works for you. So it's a really great episode and we got a lot out of this. Um, So yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Was that all right? (laughs) You're so funny. Yeah, I think that was great. (laughs) Okay, so to start with Sophie, could you tell us a bit about what you do now, what your career journey has been and how it's helped you get here? Yes, so I am an independent consultant and coach and I specialise in culture and engagement and leadership development and prior to that I had a 12-year career in brand marketing so I worked in the FMCG industry on brands such as Mars, Danone. I spent five years heading up the Evian brand across the UK and 
Ireland. And it's an interesting journey, actually, because I always loved brands. I love the power of brands to really connect with people, the power of storytelling. And what I really found was that brands was an amazing way to connect people with a purpose. It was a really amazing way to engage people. And as I progressed in my career, I became more and more focused on the people side of my role. So as part of my role at Evian, I was on the senior leadership team and I was really using everything that I'd learned about brand building to create an amazing place for people to work. And I think it was kind of the last couple of years in my role that I was thinking, actually, I think there's something really in this. I think there's really something about how you can bottle up the essence of a brand to create an amazing culture where people can really have the opportunity to be at their best. And I really found that when I was working with my team, particularly when I was working with them on a one-to-one basis, I just got completely lost in, in that time. I really loved kind of focusing on developing people. And two years ago, decided that I was going to really kind of put my passion at the heart of what I was doing. And that's really what, what my work is now all about. It's about helping people to be at their best. It's about really creating amazing places where people can be happy at work and that they can have an amazing impact on those around them, which ultimately creates amazing business results. So that's really been my kind of journey. I love how you can, just when you're talking about it, I love how you can tell how truly passionate you are about it. Yeah, I love I love it. And I think I'm, you know, I'm sort of, for me, I'm so committed. I always have been to my work. I'm, you know, I throw everything into kind of what I do. I always want to have the most positive impact. And so it's essential to me that you do something that you really love. I think that's how you can, you know, really help other people. You can really feel most fulfilled and grow the most is if you're doing something that you love. You know, it doesn't feel like an uphill battle. Actually, it feels like, you know, you're just kind of following things that give you energy and I think that's really important yeah absolutely makes a difference as well doesn't it when you enjoy what you do okay so what would you say has been your career highlight far and why so I think my career highlight um, was actually qualifying as a coach, which was almost exactly a year ago, actually. Aww. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the anniversary last week. So yeah, it was a bit, little bit of a celebration for me personally. And I think for me, why that is really so meaningful to me was because firstly, it was something that I had wanted to do for a really long time. I think probably I've been thinking about it in my head for about three years and I've kind of been building up to it. And you know, you sort of maybe put hurdles in your way for why it's not the right time to be doing things but I for me it was such an important part of what I wanted to offer in my work and to have the kind of credibility of you know having that qualification behind me it was something that I drove completely myself so I self-funded it you know I committed the time to doing it I committed the time in terms of working with clients and that was you know that's quite a big thing when you're juggling it amongst everything else that you're doing and as you kind of have already touched on it's something that I'm really passionate about So for me, finally kind of getting to do it was almost like a dream come true. And it felt like things that I had wanted to do for a long time were really becoming a reality. Yeah, I guess this is this is going off course a little bit. But did it take a lot to kind of make that step from the world of brand marketing to becoming a coach? And how did you sort of find that transition? Um, It did and it didn't to answer the question. Um, So I think... (laughs) 
my my role in brand marketing, I guess I'd kind of split it almost into two sort of key focus areas. One, which is on the functional side, which is really about how do you craft an iconic brand and how do you create an amazing brand that is connecting with your consumers, which was the functional side of the role. But then there was a really big leadership part of my role and very much people focused. So at a departmental level across the total division, but then also I had my own team that I was managing. So I would say in that side of my role, coaching had always been a big part of what I did. So that probably my natural style, I'm not very directive generally as a personality. I really believe that if people are given Mm -hmm. the opportunity to share their thinking and are given the kind of the space and the support to really come up with their own solutions and are kind of given the opportunities to be developing their own skill sets, that's when they will kind of really have the most success and feel at their happiest and I just think that's been always been my natural way of being that's been my natural style of management so I think for a long time without probably calling it coaching I was coaching and that was you know the way that I would Mm -hmm. kind of lead my teams and you know really try and make sure that people felt empowered within my team and that I was really developing them to be at their best and to be able to utilize their strengths at work so I think it was more taking I guess some of those raw skills and kind of talents that I had and my natural attitude attitude and kind of ethos of of leadership and then really taking it to the next level and wanting to take that out more widely and I guess also being able to market myself as a coach you know not it just being something that I'm naturally good at but also being something that I have credibility in that I've got experience in that I've got a qualification behind me so I think it was more you know taking things that had always been something that I had Mm -hmm. loved to the next level. I guess your your journey kind of highlights the importance of like constantly reflecting on what you love about your job role and kind of what what are the things you love day to day and making sure what you're doing kind of aligns with that yeah and sort of tailoring that over time to kind of pinpoint what it is you really love and then excelling on that and finding a job role that's suited to that definitely and and in a way I think I didn't consciously do that I think I've always been very self-aware that's again it's kind of part of my personality I've I'm quite a reflective person and I also think that I had a brilliant start in my career I I joined a graduate scheme at Mars and it's an, an amazing program And as part of that, you know, you were really taught to take ownership of your own learning and to take ownership of your own development. So right from the outset of my career, I invested a lot of time and energy on my own development, really reflecting on who I am as a person, um, you know, what is distinctive about me, my personality, my style, where do my strengths lie? But I think it was only really later in my career that I then really kind of understood that latter part in terms of understanding your strengths and using your strengths. I think earlier on in my career, you know, there was a lot that I wanted to grasp. There was a lot that I wanted to achieve within my career. And I was very much focused on trying to do everything really well and, you know, learn as much as I could. And then I think as I became, you know, maybe functionally more competent and I was starting to step more into leadership roles, I really truly understood the power of tuning into your strengths and really playing to those strengths, both in terms of how you feel at work and the kind of the energy that you get from that but also in terms of your impact and then once I'd kind of understood that for myself it was then how do you as a leader mm-hmm. really step set the stage for other people you know your your job is not to kind of be telling them what to do it's really to be helping them to find their answers trying to help them be successful it's it's much less about you I think as you become you know more of a leader within an organization it's about how do you help your team to be at their best and I think absolutely you know really understanding what your 
strengths are is really critical yeah definitely okay so what would you say has been the most challenging moment you faced in your career and how did you overcome this by far and away the most challenging time that I've had in my career was returning to work after having children it's not an unusual story for a woman I think after they've um, you know had children but it's such a seismic shift when you become a mother in terms of your identity and your role I had a real knock to my confidence I think actually being out of the workplace and then you know trying to go back in to re-establish myself professionally whilst also juggling having a young family and I found that from my perspective the world of work wasn't set up to allow for me to be successful professionally and to be the mother that I wanted to be. It was a real wake up, I think. I I hadn't really had my eyes particularly opened to that. Um, Obviously, personally, I hadn't been through it before. And I think that took me a while, really, to try and find a way of pursuing the career that I wanted, to be able to kind of show up in the workplace as I wanted, but also not to compromise on my personal values. And I'd say that's a bit of an ongoing challenge. was definitely one of the driving factors behind me becoming self-employed was because as you've kind of reflected I am a very self-aware person and I was very tuned into what was important to me and what what my values were and I knew what the impact would be for me personally if I compromised Mm -hmm. on those and that I wouldn't be happy at work and that I wouldn't be happy at home and so yeah I spent a long time really thinking about okay what do I want my career to look like actually how can I go about being successful at work in a way that you you know success means to me but also that I'm present at home that I can be around my children and that that doesn't mean that I'm not doing a great job and yeah I think that that definitely has been the challenge and it's meant that I've had to make difficult choices at times but it's it's absolutely worth it I think you know I found an area that I'm really passionate about that I feel I'm able to have great impact that I'm able to really add value to my but I'm also doing it in a way that is very authentic to who I am and that allows me to holistically in my life be the person that I want to be okay um could you talk to us a little bit about what the positives are of having a mentor and how this might help somebody with their career progression and then also their own personal development yeah so I think having a mentor or a coach can really help in lots of different ways actually but I think the main things that I would highlight are it's an opportunity for you to shine a light on your thinking it's having somebody else there that is able to listen to you that is able to ask you questions that is able to really create that space for you to find your way through I think mentors can offer different perspectives they can you know really help with bringing diversity of thought diversity of experiences I think when you think about it from a career point of view it's very rare these days that people have the kind of very traditional linear career interestingly that was my career actually until two years ago you know I worked within similar companies similar industries and you know had been kind of working and getting promoted to the next level and then you're kind of on to the next level up within marketing and actually it was only 
only really the last couple of years that I've completely had my eyes up opened to the vast possibilities within your career and the vastly different ways that people work. And I think having a mentor or a coach can also really open your eyes up to some of what those possibilities are so that you can be more curious. So I think you can be focused more on on growth, on where you want to go and on what you might need to be able to get there. I think also having a mentor can really give a sense of connection. I think if you find that right mentor, I think it can feel like you've got other sources of support outside of what might be available just within your immediate team or within your immediate company, that actually there are lots of different people out there that can be a source of support. Yeah, and and I think as well, it's like kind of thinking outside the box when it comes to finding a mentor, isn't it? Like kind of maybe thinking somebody who's not necessarily in your own industry, like they could be just as good of a mentor as somebody who works there. Because like you say, it's kind of having that diversity Mm -hmm. in terms of thinking and experiences and background. And somebody who doesn't necessarily know too much about your job may actually come up with some of the best answers because they're not overthinking it and they're not thinking about Mm. like compliance stuff or like all the rules Mm -hmm. and regulations that you might have like front of centre they might be able to just think a little bit differently absolutely I think probably when I started out working it it was the sort of done thing that you were given a mentor that was somebody super senior within the organization and that they were kind of there to guide you and and that has a role and that has definite value and a benefit to that but you know a mentor doesn't just need to be somebody that is you know the most senior or the most experienced Mm -hmm. person and as you say it doesn't need to be somebody that's directly related to your industry I think it's all about what do you want to learn you know what do you want to explore what is going to be of value to you and yeah. then and then finding the person that you can connect with that can offer that value to you yeah absolutely okay so just talking a bit about networking so as we kind of you know drilled into us when we start our careers networking plays a key part in career development but it isn't for everybody and some people feel much more comfortable networking than others is there any advice that you would give to career women who Mm. are trying to kind of best utilize their network yes so the first thing that I would recommend is thinking about what you call it so I had a big internal barrier around the word networking I and it's really interesting actually I've done this exercise with different groups of people Mm -hmm. where you say to them you know what what words do you associate uh, with networking when you think about networking how would you describe it and more often than not there are more negative words associated with it than there are positive you know and for (laughs) me I I saw Mm -hmm. it as being heavily political I saw it all about selling yourself and I hate that idea of selling myself I saw it as being a bit inauthentic I think for me, it was kind of about going on and putting on this persona and being seen to be there. And that just was really alien to who I am. And I think a lot of my career, I then avoided it. I just thought I have, mm-hmm. there were certain occasions where I know I have to do it. Normally, if you were being put up for a promotion, it was encouraged that you would be networking, but I never chose to do it. And then when I became self-employed, I realized that actually networking was a huge enabler for me in terms of you know, winning clients. And so I had to really reframe my thinking around it. And I totally scrapped the word networking. And I just thought about it as being the opportunity to meet people. And I really like meeting people, the opportunity to connect with people. And I love making connections with people and the opportunity to have a chat. And anyone that knows me knows that I love having a chat. And (laughs) for me, it was exactly the same exercise and practice, but totally positioned in a different way. And it completely changed the way I felt about it. So I think 
that would be the first piece of advice I would give is think about what would be a useful way of you framing your thinking about it to best serve your needs. So whether that is, you know, you need to build your understanding in a particular area or you want to explore career possibilities or you want to find out how do you make a total change within your career, whatever it might be, how do you then think about what those connections are that will enable you on that path um, that will help you find those answers and how do you talk to yourself about it and think about it in a way that will be positive for you and allow you to kind of take that first step. And I think for me, the other thing was really think about what do you want, hope to get from that connection? So is it getting a different perspective on something? Is it about learning specifically how to do something? And I found that people were amazingly generous with their time. When I first set up being self-employed, you know, it's it's kind of natural that you feel a little bit awkward to begin with when you're kind of reaching out to people that you don't know. But actually, I found that the way in which I positioned it and, you know, wanting to just have a chat with somebody. I would say 99% of people said absolutely they were really happy to have a chat and a lot of that has led to really brilliant relationships so yeah I would really encourage people to really think about it in a way that feels comfortable and feels authentic to you. Yeah I really like that because like you say traditionally networking to me as soon as somebody says that it's like in a big conference room and there's just loads of people in like business suits and you have to like just walk in and like make your way around the room and like you say swapping business cards. Yeah exactly and it's <laughs> absolutely not like that anymore and it's I always think as well like social media is a great place to network with people absolutely and people yeah. don't realize they probably don't realize they're networking while they're on social media but yeah. th- places like that now can be such a brilliant mm. place because yeah it can absolutely be daunting to think about it okay so when it comes to I guess utilizing your network in a different way do you have any advice for finding the right mentor I think the key thing with a mentor is being really clear about what you would like to get out of the relationship like what role would you like that mentor to play because I think then you can start thinking about how do you best find that person and it might be that that isn't a direct relationship that you have it might be that you are recommended by somebody else but I think starting with actually what do you want to get out of that relationship is really key and I think the other thing when it comes to finding the right mentor is that that connection between you that kind of chemistry is really important particularly if it's something that you would like to be an ongoing relationship is really finding that right chemistry between you and that's not really something that you can get until you've spoken to somebody I have a coach and um, I spoke to a few people before finding the right person for me and that was really just a case of having an initial chat and you know finding a little bit out about each other finding out a bit about what I wanted to get from that relationship and and it just feels right I think when you come across it I think you really it's quite obvious I think when you find that have you ever had like an absolute not a disaster that's probably too much of a (laughs) too big of a word but have you ever had a mentor or a coach and you've thought oh my goodness like this really isn't working not in the sense of it's not necessarily working but I think when when I was kind of working in the corporate world coaching was offered quite frequently as sort of one of the standard development tools and I think at the time there were maybe an occasions where I didn't really know what I wanted to get out of it and I was kind of going through the motions of having some of those conversations and I wasn't maybe my heart wasn't in it and therefore I wasn't really finding that I was getting the kind of change out of it that maybe 
maybe I would have expected or that certainly I would get from it now. So I think, you know, whether it's a mentor relationship, whether it's a coaching relationship, the person that is being mentored or being coached is the one that has to take the responsibility for really making those changes and really being open to acting on things and, you know, taking responsibility. So I think probably for me where those relationships haven't worked so well is when I haven't been fully bought into what I'm wanting to get out of it and taking responsibility for my own development. So I think you have to kind of really be committed yourself to that and not just expect that having a mentor or having a coach is is going to solve everything for you and that they're just going to give you the answers. Yeah, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if there was any advice that you could give to your younger self, what would it be? I would tell my younger self to really tune in and find the things you love and then follow it with all your heart and all your energy. And I would tell myself to always be yourself and you know really stay true to who you are and to the things that make you distinctive because I think those are the things that make you feel happier in life and more fulfilled and ultimately that you'll really be at your best if you do those things that is the loveliest answer (laughs) (laughs) okay so final question and this one is just a little bit of fun um so if you weren't in this career and if you weren't doing what you do now and you could do anything in the world what would it be this is a really fun question and I had two quite different answers um so I can give you I can give you the one that I landed on or I can give you both give us both I'll give you both okay so two two things that I'm super passionate about so my first answer was that I would love to have been involved in education so I am really passionate about how we grow up learning and how we are taught in terms of what is most important and what is valued and I think there's so many amazing things that we can teach the next generation about diversity of thinking about the fact that everybody has got unique brilliance and unique strength and that all of those should be valued I don't know if you've heard of Sir Ken Robinson he really sadly um, passed away in August but he was like my lifelong hero did a huge amount of work working with education boards across the world actually he was a, a big advisor on education but also on creativity and he believed that every child was born with such amazing and diverse and endless talents so that actually we get educated out of and kind of through school and through society we kind of taught what's right and what's wrong and you know what are the best talents to have and actually all of us have got amazing talents and I think that if that can really be instilled within us as a child and throughout our lives throughout our careers that actually everybody could really harness the talents that they're born with so that was that was my main answer and that is that is still something that I would love to be involved with at some point wherever things may take me and my other answer was that I would love to work for the UN women so they do some absolutely amazing work around the world and I think that that is again an area that I really passionately support I think that that with huge progress has been made but there's huge progress that still needs to be made and I would love to be involved in trying to carve out some of that change so yeah those are my answers (laughs) I tell you what you put my answer to shame (laughs) (laughs) I want to go run a coffee shop by the sea and you're going to be out here changing the world (laughs) that sounds amazing you can change the world from a coffee shop (laughs) 
Yeah, those are two amazing answers. <laughs> have to see what I can do. Yeah. We'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah, come back to me in 10 years' time. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Sophie. I've definitely got a different perspective on mentorship now after chatting to you about that. And um, one thing I always like to do at the end of our interviews is do a quick summary of some of the key things we've spoken about. I've got quite a bit written down, so you'll have to bear with me. But the first bit is just talking about the positives of having a mentor. So it gives you an opportunity for you to shine a light on your thinking and create space for you to find a way through your career. It also offers different perspectives and allows for diversity of thoughts and experiences. It can also open your eyes to your career and different ways you can work and what the possibilities are in your career. And overall, it kind of allows you to focus more on growth and where you want to go. And then we touched a bit on finding the right mentor. So asking yourself questions such as what role do you want that mentor to play? What do you want out of the mentorship? And I really liked how you spoke about finding that connection and the importance of that and don't be afraid to speak to a few mentors first to kind of find in the right one because I think a lot of the time we just feel that we have to just get a mentor but actually you have to make sure it's the right one for you so that you can get the most out of it um, and then touching a little bit on networking overall and kind of reframing it to something that suits you so it feels less intimidating and kind of allows it to best serve your needs and I really liked how you reframed yours to the opportunity to meet connect and chat with people and also thinking about sort of what you hope to get from that connection and asking questions such as is it to learn something or is it to help with your career and that could kind of change your sort of perspective on networking overall and then finally I love your comment about what you tell your younger self so tune in and find the things you love and follow it always be yourself and stay true to yourself as this is what makes you fulfilled and happy so hopefully that kind of covers everything we spoke about beautifully summarized <laughs> oh good um fab well thank you so much Sophie thank you thank you both that is it for this week thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to hit the subscribe button now so that you never miss a show if you do have any career-based questions quandaries or predicaments that you'd like us to answer you can drop us an email at hello at girlsinwork.com this podcast is made possible by listeners like you so thank you for your support see you next time on the girls in work podcast